welcome back. Welcome back. You gonna sing for us? No. <laughs> Get these headphones off. I can hear myself better. Yikes. Um, <clears throat> so we, we missed a little bit of a week, didn't we? I don't know. Did we? We're so far off schedule. We keep, we keep getting like. A well, week, it's because my schedule changes, <laughs> and then your schedule changes. So the day that we have set aside to record, we're no longer now both off at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you know, the illness of which we do not speak is going around at work, uh, so I'm having to cover and fill in, and oh, it's no just, good. it's just, we it's what it, it is. No. The zombie plague. The zombie plague is over, right? Not quite, mm. but it is what it is. And again, we're not full-time podcasters. We are doing this because I don't. I mean, as we can, when we can, and for the like most it. part, we do put one out a week. It's just been a little crazy lately. We put one out at least every ten days. Probably, yeah. Until it becomes a paid service, which eventually I'd love for it to go that direction. I Sure. I mean, I would love for people to pay to listen to me ramble about nonsense, <laughs> but I don't see that happening. So It'll happen. If it does, I'll take it as a huge gift because it would definitely be a gimme. Cause people like to hear you talk. I mean, the, there are a few people, yes, who enjoy hearing me talk. I agree with that. But I don't think that I'm a marketable commodity. <laughs> I'm mostly people, just doing this to entertain my friends and family. People come back. And even moderately so then. So we have, uh, finally, I'll be talking about what we did, what, three weekends ago? Dude, I don't even know. It feels like it's been forever it's been ago. a whirlwind. So I'll start off um we went to we had the pagan pride day yes two weekends ago probably yes yeah uh so before this we had rebecca on and then she went to greece had a wonderful time and then that weekend she was gone she had a booth at the pagan pride day which i thought i would have to be working my mundane job so i i didn't sign up to go but universe had it other ways and i didn't have to work that day but I didn't have a booth because I didn't sign up. And then Rebecca says, hey, take my booth. I said, okay. Works out. So uh, had a really fun time. Uh, so thanks to all those hosting. I got to uh, got to meet Emma Eastwin, who runs, who runs that event. And she's super sweet. Had a good conversation with her. Uh, we got to hang out with a bunch of uh, the normal besties at the shows like uh, Bobby from Wonders and Wisdoms mm-hmm. and Brian well, White. We didn't. I went in for a minute and. Yeah, you came by and saw me. Perused. Well, you didn't see me. You saw them. I was busy. I said hello to Bobby. I waved to Brian. Mm-hmm. I poked around at somebody else's booth that I hadn't seen in a while, but no one. It was just, it was really quiet. So I just kind of meandered on through because you were busy and. I had uh, my Reiki table set up and my tarot uh at the table and i think the time you came in i had somebody you were busy you had on someone my on table, the table and somebody and waiting, waiting at, at, for tarot yes. so it was a good day it was um first half was a little bit slow uh but after that it was crazy busy had a real good time there was a lot of vendors that i hadn't met before so i was really looking forward to going out and shaking hands and meeting new people 
and that didn't happen because you were busy. Yeah. So it looked, yeah, there was lots of freaks and geeks. It was cool. It's our kind of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lots of uh, tattooed people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And some interesting costumes. Yes. (laughs) There were costumes. There went from uh, Rune was there. She wore. Rune was the the pagan pride? She didn't have a booth, but she came in later to see some friends. I did not. Okay. Because I didn't see Misted Creations. Yep. She wasn't, unfortunately. Uh, But she had these boots on there were hoofs oh yeah i would have fallen so she was walking around <laughs> like a champ met somebody wearing um an owl mask there was uh somebody with the bone dragon mask there was mm, several other costumes some cosplay and yeah see and i don't watch anything that people cosplay so i knew recognizing some of them were definitely some they were being someone but mm-hmm. i had no idea who they were being yeah it was pretty cool and then just a bunch of people wearing witchy and pagan stuff. And always good to be around our kind of people. So, yeah, that was a good event. Had a good time. Uh, made a couple new friends and stayed busy at the table. Had some good readings. But we have uh, today what I had promised for mm, two, three weeks now. <laughs> yes, that you talk about and you keep putting it off. I do. It's kind of a thing. It is. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's heavy. Uh, but but it's not. Uh, so this all started back at Walker Wellness. We talk about uh, it started an event that I was doing there. Ran into Lisa Wetzel. She came and we talked for a few minutes and we uh, had a reading together. I've seen her around. You guys can find her at lisawetzel.com. You can find her website there. And you can find her at a lot of these events. Uh, Cindy Spirit Fair, she's usually there. I'm sure she's in quite a few of the others. I know she specifically does that one. Uh, But she also does weekly, not televised, what's the word? You can go to her website and watch her do uh, readings each week. Uh, You can subscribe to uh, her plans. And so you can get closer access to that kind of stuff. But as far as what she does, she does the Akashic Records. And so while sitting there... Uh, talking to me she said that I don't usually teach and for some reason I feel drawn to teach you how to do this so of course I was super excited because the eternal student that I am like oh something new to learn okay (laughs) something cool to do and it's to me I'd I'd done some research up to that point um, because I had seen it a few times before but it was never really hugely advertised like she does. She's been doing it for almost 30 years now. Uh, she started off in uh, Louisiana and uh, learned how to do it through her massage therapy that she had down there. And in the process of learning that, it really that really helped and changed uh, the path her life was going. And eventually she came here to Oklahoma City, and that's what she does now is... Uh, that work with the Akashic Records. So for those of you who don't know exactly what the Akashic Record is, we got to, Raven and I got to sit there um, on a Saturday and Sunday and work with her, One, I say one-on-one, two-on-one. We got to sit there and work with her to go through it because it is a very deep thing. It's like going through learning the tarot cards or learning the runes or or learning Reiki. It is a very 
it can be easily introduced, but to learn to master it is a whole different level. So if you're wondering what exactly the Akashic Records are, here's, um, there's a couple. I know some people who do not know, so I'm glad you're going to explain that because when I was telling people what I was doing for the weekend, they were like, what's that? (laughs) And I mean, everyone, everyone was like, huh? Nobody I spoke to that told them what classes I was being dragged to with you. They had no idea what (laughs) I was talking about. Even, um, even at a lot of these shows, there's not many people that do it. Um, I've talked to a couple people that put it on their banners, like, you know, third or fourth thing down. What they, uh, one guy at the last show, as I did aura photos, uh, did something with fingerprints, and then, like, the third or fourth thing down, he said he did Akashic Records. And this is after I'd we talked to Lisa and um, talked about meeting up to do this class. And so I asked him, I said, okay, what's your take on it? And we talked about it for a little bit. And then, uh, but... Well, and as with everything, you know, you're going to have people who, sure, they're able to do it, but there's going to be people who are more proficient at everything, depending on their strengths and et cetera. Mm -hmm. So just because some can access it, especially for them, finding someone who can access it for you is, I feel like, would be a very different skill. And that's... And that's something I'll talk about is there's different levels of going through it and different Yes, and someone who divides their abilities between multiple things, again, you kind of get into where you can do a lot of things well, but you're not really a master of any single thing. Jack of all trades. Yeah, but I mean, that's a good thing. Yeah. You know how to do a little bit of everything, and that's to me, that's more valuable than being really good at only one thing. But anyway, <laughs> what do I know? Just be really good at all the things. Well, I mean, once we get to that point, then suddenly we're the ancestors sitting on a shoulder. (laughs) We don't come back this time. (laughs) The Akashic Records, um, somebody that was big that really brought it into light was Edgar Cayce. uh, Back in the, what was he, the 1600s, 1700s? I may be off on the date. But a lot of people in, like Brennan went to Sacred Circle Academy, they talk about him a lot. They reference him. He was very much one of those early big names when it came to talking about uh, the Akashic Records when he was a medium and he would channel things or go into a trance and speak. And when asked what, where he was getting his information, that's what he references the Akashic Records. So here's a, you know, from the Encyclopedia Britannica. A definition of what their definition of the Akashic Records. It's a compendium of pictorial events or memories of all events, actions, thoughts, and feelings that have occurred since the beginning of time. They are said to be imprinted on the Akasha or the astral light, which is described by spiritualists as a fluid ether existing between the range of human senses. The Akashic Records are reputedly accessible to certain select individuals i.e. a spiritual medium who conducts a seance, which we didn't do a seance. No. Um, The Akashic uh, allegedly transmits waves of human willpower, thought, feeling, and imagination through a reservoir of power, an ocean of of unconscious uh, to which all things are linked, making prophecy and clairvoyance possible. So that's the Encyclopedia Britannica. Another maybe less confusing way to talk about it, especially in today's society. It's kind of like a cosmic data bank. And as I, as I was reading this definition, I kind of laughed at the way they described it. It's everything that ever has been 
will be or is currently going on for every human being that's existed. It is a place where you can go and get these records and get answers for these questions. And I, in my head, of course, when it was talking about the cosmic data bank or the supercomputer, I was like, well, it's all in the cloud. Yes, it's like the cloud. <laughs> like the cloud. Like we have all our data yes. stored in, in current day. Correct. Um, but in a metaphysical source. Yes. So you can actually access future events um, similar to like with Tarot, but it's so fluid things can change. It doesn't necessarily mean that if what you see or what can happen uh, in these in these records that it actually will, you know, because if it says you're going to become the president of the United States, that's amazing. But then if you go and, you know, do something really, really stupid, end up in jail, then that's probably the end of that dream. Yes, you still have free will. Mm-hmm. You still have, I mean, everyone has their ultimate path and their goals and their lessons and where they want to end up. Whether or not they end up in that place is completely up to them based on decisions that they make. Like you're not, that's not the end all be all. You won't end up here no matter what, you mm-hmm. know. It's kind of like playing Mario Brothers, you know. You eventually fall off too many times and you don't power back up, you know. Then you've got to start over from the beginning. Did you just reference a video game? I did. It's the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember playing when I was like nine and that's probably the last time. <laughs> Um, another way to talk about it is it's a unified field, uh, composed of the Akasha, which the Akasha is a Sanskrit word for the energetic substance from which all life is formed, uh, records every thought and word, emotion and action generated by the independent soul. And in the process of opening up your Akashic records, it brings you into focus with your past and present knowledge, the experiences and expressions of your soul's journey from inception to the present moment. So what we got to do this weekend with Lisa was learn how to access our own Akashic records. Uh, similar to the different levels of Reiki 1, 2, and 3, you learn more as you go. And there is time between as you take the first class, there needs to be a time of working on it and working through it before you are able to advance to the next stage. So the first stage is opening your own personal records. Um, and in talking to a couple of different people, it shows that advertise that they do Akashic records, you know, I'd ask them, you know, what's your take on it? How do you see it? Because some people do it different ways. Like Edgar Casey, he would turn himself off and channel, close his eyes, kind of go into a trance. If you go to Lisa's website, which I encourage, and you watch her do her thing, she's able to uh, she doesn't go into a trance, but she's able to channel. So she gets the words and the messages and she is able to uh, speak them. And I was talking to the gentleman I referenced earlier that did the aura photos and everything. He said for him, it was kind of a, so the way you enter, let me take a step back. Um, there's always a key to get there. There's, um, holding space there's a prayer or there's uh those mantras those things those words you use to get access to it uh by getting access to it it is and each one of them have agreed on this point it is a higher vibrational tool so by taking on this you do acknowledge i have to raise my vibration some things end up changing in the process you end up you know makes you a better person 
in the meantime? Or a high, so. higher vibrational get, person? You get to the point where it it's almost like chasing a high. Like you feel so clear and so open and so at peace with everything that you just continue to chase that high and you stay away from people who kind of dog that buzz, mm-hmm. you know, who drag you too far down and too far into the mundane with, mm-hmm. you know, their drama and their work strife and all of these things, you know, not that there's not a time and a place, you know, we're all bogged down with things like that. And I vent to, you know, my friends about work drama, etc. But, you know, people who that's their modus operandi, that's what they do all the time. Complain, right? They just, yes, people who complain, people who stay mixed up in drama, people who are very self centered. It just, it gets really exhausting. And for some reason, when you're in that vibrational state, you know, typically when you have a friend who's just, you know, kind of a sad sack and a whole, you know, you have that compassion and you want to fix them and your heart bleeds for them. And it sounds crazy, but you get to where you're like, that's not important and I don't want to discuss this anymore. So as soon as you're ready to change the way that you talk, come and find me. Peace and love, but I can't be a part of the same conversation over and over again. Like you get, I don't know, it's you, you don't lose compassion for them, but you lose the ability to sit with them for quite as long and In for quite energy. as often. Yes, mm-hmm. it just gets to where we've done this before, let's move on. Yeah, if... If it feels very no-nonsense. Yeah, it gets to the point where you have those friends that complain and complain and complain, like, oh, we'll fix it. Then the next week, it's still complain, complain, complain about the same thing. Did you do anything to fix it? No, I just, okay. Yeah. it just Let's stop complaining if you're not going to fix it. Which, again, everyone gets to that point with their friends. Everyone has, you know, been the person that, you know, their friends get to that point with us, you know. But that's just a good way of explaining what it feels like. It feels like you don't have time for these small problems. Not the people. You want the people. Mm-hmm. You just want them to move on and catch up with you. Kind of like when you're walking up a hill and they just need a minute. But you don't want to keep walking, so you just walk at a slightly slower pace and encourage them to catch up. But if they eventually don't catch up, it is what it is. I'm not going to miss my view at the top of the hill. You know, that's right. what it feels like. Um, going through this, and it was it, it is a challenge. The first time, first couple times doing it, I would no means by no means call myself the master at all. But after this weekend, after that weekend, it was really enlightening going through the process and feeling that energy, feeling the shift as a person who <laughs> had shut down a lot of faculties through my life. It's one of those things continuing to work on uh, yeah. to open all that up. For those of you who do divination, the runes, tarot, uh, mediumship, all that kind of stuff, it is similar to that, but different. It's coming from from a different source, but yeah. it still sounds and feels similar to that. And a lot of times you, you get clear images and noises and sounds and as you're in the records. So one thing that they, that most of them talked about, uh, a couple of people that I talked to that say they do the records, they said, well, it's like going up to a library it was a common, to give you kind of a picture of it, they would say, you know, you go through this 
this entry prayer or entry mantra and it allows you access to this library and this library contains scrolls of everyone's life their entire life every reincarnation which again it goes back to previous lives so you can you know in this life why am i afraid of deep water you go to your kashuk records and you may find out it's because you died in multiple past lives in, from drowning or swimming or being in the ocean like well that makes sense why i don't want to go in deep water anymore okay and through that yeah, you but can help sometimes people just assume that anyway they're like oh well i haven't been near water so obviously i've you know i was a witch and they drowned me don't make <laughs> up your own history you know no don't make it up but that is a similar you know you get those kind of answers you're able to dig into that past with safety and security it's not yes. something you're making up on your own it is something that i definitely heard that just like when you're doing tarot you get a specific word or phrase and you reiterate that to the client and they and it doesn't make sense to you but once you say it, it they're makes like, sense to them yes. ah, that's something my grandma always said to me you know i've used a weird phrase before and you know the client's like i can't believe you just said that and i was like it doesn't make any sense to me. You want to explain? They're like, my dad always said that phrase to me mm-hmm. growing up. I was like, okay. Or when you don't say the words that keep popping in your head and then later on down the line, the client says that and you're like, dang it, I should have said it. Mm-hmm. I had, yeah, I second guessed myself this weekend. I was uh, a weird word popped in my head and I went through it and everything was on the money. You know, it was just a good reading, and then I got to the end. And, and then you got something off-kilter sent out of nowhere, and you're like, oh, that can't yeah, be for him. And then at the end, he said, said it, and, and you're like, oh. Repeated, just yeah, imagine how much more magical you would have seemed. <laughs> he repeated the story, and he said, well, it was because of this. And I was like, that is why that word came into my I head. Know. Okay, I just Can it. you imagine if you had said it? Mm-hmm. You'd have been so cool. But no, you second-guess yourself. I second-guess myself. And that's why you're still just the wizard page instead of the wizard king. Hey. I'm just saying. <laughs> Wizard Knight. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but going through the Akashic Records, it is a, it's a mystical school or train of thought that continually evolves. Uh, going through this, it will increase your spiritual, spiritual growth. Uh, it does change a lot of things in your life, I believe. Uh, one yeah, of, I can barely speak to Bear anymore. I'm just so evolved. She's so beyond <laughs> me. So if it's her on the podcast next week by herself, you know what oh happened. She's vibrating they too high for me. They all know that definitely is not going to be me. I'm not going to come up here and figure this equipment out. This will be the last you hear from us. <laughs> <laughs> if it just stops, that's what happens. She's like, I'm vibing too high. I don't need your podcast. Yep, I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> um, but Lisa did tell us before going off into it, she's like, now, are you willing to... Before going through this, you have to realize there may be some things that fall away from you. There may be some things you just can't do or some people you can't be around anymore after this. And I was like, mm, okay, you know, because I want to level up. Because he didn't to know that it would be him. <laughs> lose myself. And <laughs> know me. Oh, you're done with me? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Lisa. I, I'm now single and <laughs> I'm on my buddy's couch. <laughs> Thanks for teaching us the records. So, if you're listening, thanks. (laughs) I mean, you were there too. We had a lot of really interesting experiences of things that you were able to see, things I heard. If some of you are around the 30, 40 age range, I played video games when I was a kid, and some of the stuff I would get... You play video games now too. I do, yes. (laughs) In fact, well, uh, talking about video games. So, 
in one of my questions I had for the Akashic Records, you just like the tarot, you form a question, you you ask the question to the records, and it gives you the answer back. And I was talking about going to the library. Some people view it as a an ether ball, you know, a, a source of answers made up of a collective consciousness. You yes. Know. Uh, different views of it. It felt like to me, which again, I feel like most people's experiences are going to be different from person to person, but it felt like to me, I was in a space full of people who just knew me. I didn't see books. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel books even. I felt like I was in a group of people who just, it's hard to explain. It felt like I was in a room with an enlightened version of like parents and family and people who knew me mm -hmm. more than obviously your parents would. Right. So it was very like intimate feeling. It felt, it was very emotional. I'm pretty sure I cried the first few times. You did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you got real shaky and cried. Yeah, I, but almost, it, I almost cried at it one was, point. Yes, it's very overwhelming because you really do feel this overwhelming sense of just you're comfortable mm -hmm. and you're around people who know every single part of you and are still here, you know, all of the ick and gick and are still here to help and support. And, like, it just felt very, like, super comfortable and just inviting and uh, I don't know it's hard to it's hard to describe it because it's not like anything that I would experience here you know mm -hmm. it's like canceled plans and I get to snuggle you on the couch all day like <laughs> that kind of relief like oh my gosh I can put my feet up and not pay attention and do whatever I want you know like it just felt like I'm home relaxing yes and mm -hmm. that's what it felt like it was just very I'm comfortable. I'm surrounded by people who see me and love me anyway. Because mm -hmm. if you could imagine, I mean, we all do stupid stuff every day for me anyway. Um, Multiple most times days. a day. If, if you knew that every, I mean, if you go back to the, the church, you know, that stuff they'd scare you with. If everything you did, said, looked at, you know, thought, through the entire day was written down somewhere. Would you make it into heaven? You know, uh, all the... And even when, again, I mean, I, on paper, I'm pretty cut and dry and clean. You know, like I never had a rebellious stage. I never told anybody off. I've never, you know, I haven't done a lot of bad things in my life. And I still <laughs> feel, you know, like there's lots that you don't want people... Sure. To see and know, and they knew and they saw, and it mattered not. Like Still it was there. just, yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel like that shadow it's self. just a good. Yeah, you do need to talk about shadow self and shadow work soon because I've had so many people like, what does that mean? I'm like, we haven't talked about that yet, but we need to. <laughs> we will. Um, We're already talking about Akashic Records. That's kind of like, <laughs> that's this this definitely is, yeah, not this 101. Is, this, this is like down the road for yes, sure. This is, this is pretty. Now, good question. I'm glad you brought that up. Can anybody access it? Actually, yes. Yeah, With I have the people that I know who did know have done it themselves by finding meditations and things, you know, that they were sent links to or what have you, you know, mm -hmm. where they found. You can find a lot of the information online. You can find, 
some of the accessible space holders or prayers or mantras that can get you to the door. But for me, it is definitely something I learn better in person. I'd rather have somebody there helping oh, me, teaching absolutely. me, and especially something as delicate as this. There are courses you can take online uh, through people that are, you know, famous for doing the Akashic Records. Uh, but again, if you've never heard of it, you've never heard of it. It's kind of one of those new things. It's kind of out in the woo-woo land. Yes. But what it does, it can help guide you. It can get you answers uh, that you need. And, you know, if you just, instead of finding that trustworthy person that's going to give you their opinion on the matter, you can open up your records and get helpful tips from somebody who's not still living yes (laughs) who's been there done that and is up there sitting there helping you out figure your own stuff out Mm -hmm. um so yes anybody can learn it it is a process and i'd say it is life-changing uh going through this if you haven't had a reading i'd recommend it it's really interesting it really cuts through some of the stuff the answers you're able to get like i said i some of my experiences where I, I found myself going down the stairs, going to a door, you know, walking down a hallway that was, you know, built crazy. Just the things you see while going through this, trying to figure it out. Um, I was talking about video games. You, I heard the those old Ken Griffey Jr. baseball game, like the home run music and then the crowd cheers, the canned, you know, cheering of the crowds. Uh, that came up. And I was like, what? does that mean? Why am I hearing this when I'm asking this question? <laughs> Are you cheering me on? I, you know, I don't know what this, so making sense of it all after that was, you know, challenging a little bit harder, but that comes in. And she, she told us, you know, you're obviously not going to learn this in a day. You keep practicing, keep practicing, you'll get to it. Um, the next step after you're able to access your own cleanly and clearly and get answers is you're able to open up other people's records so then you can help do that what lisa does when she's sitting in a show she'll sit there and just speak from her records the whole time and be able to answer all those questions so um, if you've never heard of the akashic records before check that out it was just a really really interesting experience for us some of the things that was, I agree. we saw and some things raven saw was pretty out there oh yeah yeah people changing and the room changing and yes all that stuff that is one thing that i noticed that i was glad she finally mentioned was every time she would have us because the first day we learned what everything was the second day we worked on opening correct Mm -hmm. or did we work on opening before we opened three times the first day but it was for a short time yes so the color of the room shifted every single time and sometimes the shadows were bigger or different. And towards the end, like I had pieces of furniture that were blinking in and out. <laughs> like it was really, it was bizarre and doesn't happen typically that frequently or when I'm quite that lucid. It wasn't like when I scry and I have to really just kind of disassociate and unfix this Mm -hmm. was like i was blinking and looking right at it and it was still blinking in and out you know so it's a very different type of sensation than anyone even if you do scry or mediumship or energy readings um it just if it's a very different space but i 
highly recommend people looking into it Mm -hmm. and at least educating yourself on it. Yeah. I'm going to keep working on it. Um, Don't come to me for them yet. (laughs) (laughs) I can read tarot very well, but this is, this is going to be a challenge. So, Um, but I'm excited to keep learning, keep, keep pushing it and uh, see where it goes from there. And so that was, I'm sure there's lots of other things, but at the moment, that's it. Yeah. So yeah. Kostrick records, Lisa Wetzel.com. Find her at events, go to her website and check that out. And so you have a better idea of, Uh, she also has a podcast. She does. That's right. She does have a podcast. It's called mystical lodge. And she and brother Thomas get on there and they, talk about a lot of those similar to this more of a light worker uh situation but they uh they talk about that a lot it's really interesting so mystical lodge radio has a podcast uh her website and akashic records learn learn people Mm -hmm. it's interesting Mm -hmm. so what's your topic for the week i am covering toe of frog Toe of frog. Toe of frog, which is also <laughs> known as buttercups. Oh. Remember when we were in Ireland and I kept telling you that all of the flowers were shimmering and I kept taking a picture of them? Those were buttercups. Hmm. And here we have the variation of buttercup that also shimmers, but there that's almost exclusively what grows. So when you're little, I don't know if you know this because you're a boy... But girls, so. you would sh- you would put a buttercup up to your chin, and if you could see the reflection on your chin, then you liked butter. You liked butter. Or the person who handed you, who gave you the flower, had a crush on you, or your crush liked you back. Like it was just one of those things because, um, and for the longest time, they thought it was some chemical reaction with like the pollen from the bees, you know, on mm-hmm. their feet. But it's actually uh, in the structure of the leaf. They have a thin top layer um that is reflective almost like glass and that's why you can see it Hmm. no i've never heard that really it's just that just the buttercup that does that well you can do it with dandelions too Hmm. but buttercups um always symbolize something innocent um joy youth purity um they're kind of synonymous with childlike friendship and cheerfulness like it's just because again you know happy flower yeah it's a happy little flower um happy little accident yeah one of the things that i had heard i think my dad either my dad's mother or my mother's mother told me so the legend of the buttercup is that there was a miser who was tromping through the fairy gardens mm-hmm and through the forest, and he would not pay them what was due oh. with his, because of course the fairies heard the jingling of the gold. He would not pay them. So they ripped foul. a hole in his bag mm-hmm. so that all the gold coins fell out along the path. Well, when he stopped and he noticed that the bag was light mm-hmm. and he looked back, all he saw were buttercups because they had changed the coins into buttercups in his eye so he couldn't see them. He couldn't find his gold. Yes. And then, of course, there's... Sounds like a fey thing to do. Right. Yes. The jerks. Um, 
And then, well, that's why you just give them their gold. Like, if you'd have just given them a piece of gold, you'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But no. And then there's, you know, the, they always say that the Irish cow's butter is more yellow because they eat buttercups. And the more buttercups you feed your cows, the more yellow their milk is or the more yellow their butter is. Which, of course, we all know. Well, not everyone. People who are an eighth generation dairy farmer know <laughs> that butter is not actually yellow. That's, it's white cream or beige at most it never really gets a true yellow until you put coloring in it Hmm. um which usually comes from dandelions and um flower petals anyway but that's neither here nor there so i I did not know that but cows don't actually eat buttercups anyway no like that's what's weird to me no they're super poisonous people shouldn't eat them animals don't eat them the flower that the ferdinand the bull smells the flowers i don't know i think he just smells flowers Mm. um but maybe because again they're super easy to pollinate they're very you know they grow wildly they produce very easily but yeah they act like they their butter is yellow because the flowers are yellow but (laughs) cows don't actually eat them anyway and so far as i know there's not even any like nutrients or anything and in certain parts of Europe, they used to wear them in sacks around their necks in asylums or for children who had special needs that they, of course, back then didn't know what was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, they thought they were lunatics, you know, and they would put bags full of buttercups around their necks to help cure the lunacy. Did that work? Probably not. And some place because some places even thought that they called the buttercups the crazies because they thought that the smell made people behave crazy. Like it caused madness. What's the, why would you hang around people's neck? That it, that's crazy? what I'm telling you. Like it goes, it's the pendulum swing so much. They're like, Oh, well over here it cures, you know, madness over here. It causes madness. Like that mm-hmm. just goes to show you that people don't know anything and they just make it up as they go. <laughs> um, but fairies like to, well, again, legend says fairies like to drink, Dewdrops from buttercups, mm-hmm. and buttercups are, you know, fairy cups. So, like, if you see, you know, a, a painting or a drawing, uh, fairies at a tea party, typically they'll be having some type of something in a buttercup because it's just it's such a oh. commonly happy fay flower. And they used to put them on doorsteps and windowsills and because it kept the fairies from mischief because the fairies would be so distracted by their favorite flower. And it is yellow? It is yellow. I put one on the Facebook page in, which is unknown as we speak while you were rambling. Oh, nice. Um, But yeah, they're considered, again, anything where they say, you know, oh, my crush likes me because it's glowing on my chin. That makes it a flower of divination. Oh. So, you know, you can use it for that, but it's typically just it's going to make anyone's chin yellow, really, who's pale enough. (laughs) Um, but I was also going to talk a little bit about frogs, too, because toe of fro- And the reason it's called toe of frog is because the stems actually look like toe. The like webbing? Frog, like their little bulb. Huh? The webbing between the toes? No, they're little bulbs. Like mm. little toe frogs. Mm-hmm. Their leaves, before they come out, they make the little bulbs. And so there's usually, in a bouquet of buttercups, there will be multiple little bulbs popping off that look like little toe frogs. Get them popping off. The little frog toes. Toe frogs. Um, <laughs> but frogs, of course, represent transformation in the meta world because they go through such a major shift from tadpole into frog. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because they start with the little, as a little swimmer, right. and then they sprout legs and the tail leaves, and then they shed their skin, and some of them eat their skin, and Duh. like it's crazy. Gross. I know. But um, they also are hallucinogenics. Like. Buttercups are? No, or frogs. frogs. <laughs> Cheese and crackers. Um, they can be alchemic, like they've always used frog slime or what have you mm-hmm. in potions and mixtures as well and it's typically like tree frog slime and again it causes hallucinations so Ooh. there is a very real call for frog ick in a lot of witchcraft spells and that's very different obviously than toa frog which means buttercup which is typically for divination or if you're trying to hurt someone because it's so acrid and toxic Frogs, on the other hand, hold completely different, you know, therefore transformation and flight and like dark magic, typically things that you want to do. And they're also commonly kept as familiars for witches, partly because then a witch constantly has access to frog ick, frog ick, mm-hmm. <laughs> has access to frog ick, kind of like, you know, they keep rats for the rat hair and they keep owls so they have the feathers and you know they they use the different parts of the animal while it's still alive and loving on it and all of these things and it's considered a helper to their magic right dealings so if you want to drive somebody crazy frog ick and buttercup mm-hmm. frog <laughs> ick and a buttercup or a buttercup full of frog ick it's even worse but yep and again, some of the, you know, where they talk about witches using frog slime to poison people, et cetera, et cetera, that is, again, typically made up by European churches that blamed witches for plagues and childhood illnesses that were very common. Mm-hmm. Um, they just, they've always had to have some place to vilify. Mm-hmm. And while traditionally most witches were herbalists, you know, mm-hmm. who lived alone and knew the woods and people would come to them for potions and tricks and things that worked. Yeah. Whenever something went wrong, it was also very much them and they went back to their medicine, which typically involved leeches and pulling out as much blood as you possibly could live without. And sometimes more blood than you could live without and they just killed you, you know? So <laughs> anyway, just interesting to see how medicine evolved. How it's changed. No, I love being in Ireland, <clears throat> I love being there, but most of the museums talked about how disgusting it would be in the towns uh, during the medieval times before the roads were paved. They were, of course, dirt and mud and all the rains and and there was no toilet, so they just dump buckets of poop and urine in the street. Yes. And you're just like, well, that... No, it's obviously the one old lady that lives in the woods. The Black yes. Plague was all her fault. It was because they'd not, always been doing it like that, and they just couldn't understand why all of a sudden it was making them sick. Not the literal piles of shit in the streets. Yeah. No, I know. The man who came up with germ control who said, you know, we have microbes living on our body that are making us sick. They're like, oh, the little people are making us sick. And they locked him in an asylum for three years. Hmm. 
Like he literally was put into an asylum for believing that we had tiny bugs that lived on our skin that made other people sick and transferred illness from person to person. Because that was the thing with women who would go to a hospital and have a baby and he'd go from, you know, cutting off a gangrenous uh, limb to going over and reaching inside and pulling mm-hmm. out a baby. And then suddenly she had gangrene and died. Mm-hmm. And, you yeah, know, it was hokum and witchcraft. It wasn't the doctor not washing his hands in between. <laughs> And as soon as someone came up with, hey, you know, maybe if we just washed our hands in between, he was put into an insane asylum. Wow. But once his methods were implemented, the death toll went down by such a stark um, percentage that Mm -hmm. obviously he had to be believed and recompensed. Yeah, I'd say so. I would own the town (laughs) well i mean again this was back before you just sued everyone all the time but yeah no i'd i'd have let them rot as well but that's me and my poor character but whatever are we done your poor character you're part of the akashic records now you're i feel like we're done yeah well that's way above they'll still tell us when we're being too sassy (laughs) they did call you out you shush (laughs) I'll mind your manners. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about video games. I was going to say that I mentioned the word Akasha earlier, the Sanskrit word. It's funny how we see and hear all these meta things and you think, well, it can't possibly be that trending or that big or that real. You know, there's always some excuse or some reason to say why stuff like Buttercup or Frog's Ick, or the Akasha Breakers. There's always somebody saying, or Reiki, why this doesn't work, or finding some reason to not believe it. Dis- discredit it? Discredit it. Just not believe it? They just, just don't just, believe it. <laughs> they find some reason to discredit it. I was like, my words are working. Um, but the what's funny is when you start digging into this stuff and see how it's so connected and how long it's been around, this phrase has been around one of the, some of the earlier references were around the 1650s when they start talking about the Akashic records. And um, so it's not something new. It's not something that we just came up with this last year, but, or 30 years ago, but it is uh, what I find is interesting. Akasha, that word comes from all around the world. It comes from, it has roots. It's talked about in Buddhist literature. It's talked about in, Something else I found somewhere. But also, if you play Final Fantasy online, 14, they talk about oh uh, the Akasha as well. That ether, same thing kind of we talked about here. But they talk about there's this ether that flows through. It's this presence that it's goes around. Force. And, you know, some people can sense it. Some people can't. And they can help use it to help better their life. Um, so I, I think it's hilarious that... All of these things are interwoven into our culture all the way through. And with we just never put it together until that moment when it's like light bulb. You're like, oh, I've actually known about. It's kind of like watching, we talked about one of the early weeks, is all these things that we do these days that people are like, oh, it's, you know, pagan stuff, it's evil. Witchcraft stuff, it's evil. But you've literally been doing so many things that are that fall under that category since we were kids and so many Disney movies even that were healthy and whole and our Christian parents even allowed us to watch and now you go back and look at it like that is 
pretty witchy. See, it wasn't <laughs> like that in my family. Like, there was lots of things I wasn't allowed to watch because my parents did see the witchcraft element in the Disney movies. Mm. Because Disney pulls directly from fairy tales, which were literally riddled with mysticism and witchcraft to scare yeah. children. That's why the witches are always evil. All the things about the fae and everything. Yes, they're always it's... trying to screw you over and the witches are always trying to eat you. <laughs> Except for in Brave. And I feel like Brave is the first probably actual <laughs> genuine representation of what a witch actually was like. Which one was she? The woodcarver. The woodcarver. Now we have to go watch Brave. We gotta go. I gotta go it's been, rewatch it. I say it's been a while. Let's watch that it. was that was the one the youngest one was afraid of the bear. Oh, he's scared. Yeah, he still this doesn't like it. Bear. Like me. Mm-hmm. No. Anyway. <laughs> And a, an event that's coming up in two weeks, October 15th, at Walker Wellness. They're doing their Mystical Soul Fest. Yes. Again, the same thing. Trucks. They always put food, on a great show. Horses, animals, readers, healers, vendors. It's going to be a great show. Uh, I'll post that in the group and on the socials October 15th, uh, probably 10 to 6 as usual. But uh, again, thanks to Emma and uh, allowing me in the Pagan Pride Day. Uh, a couple weeks ago, a lot of fun. Um, Lisa, thanks for taking the time and energy and uh, walking us through that. And as we learn to continue and grow and use it for positive purposes. What are you looking at? Anything else from you? No. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. See you.